Well, I also, too, want to mention as well a, a big thank you for those who sent cards and gifts and stuff for, for my birthday. It was, uh, it was a good day, Friday. We had all the kids over. Anthony and Lauren came down with Tenley. Man, she's growing up. She's a, she's a big baby. <laughs> I haven't seen her for a while. But uh, they were there, and Anthony cooked some steaks and, uh, oh, man, the, uh, baked potatoes and all this. And, yeah, <laughs> Rod's saying, why didn't you invite me over? <laughs> but uh, it was a good time together. Jameson and Emmy came down from uh, uh, Kelso and uh, joined us as well, too. <clears throat> Earlier that day, I had breakfast with Zachary because they weren't able to join us. They were going to be with Amanda's brother and and his fiance that that night but uh it was a good time very good time and and uh just enjoy having family together and uh, i think becky asked me so what do you want for your birthday and i was like uh just to have everyone together <laughs> so that's what happened so it was a good time it was a very good time and again thank you for the gifts and cards and support and all that Someone said, wow, you're in the right profession because this is a Pastor's, Pastor's Appreciation Month and your birthday falls right in the middle of it. And I said, well, yeah, I guess, I guess I planned that one, didn't I? But anyway, thank you very much. Today we're going to look at Matthew, well, Matthew 4, chapter, 7, chapter 4, verse 17 through 22. We're going to be looking at real quick here as far as uh, uh, gathering the story that we, we see here of uh, Jesus again calling his disciples. And for the first time, I'm going to grab my glasses for the small print of my Bible. No, I don't need a, a large print Bible, please. No, I'm, I'm good. Um, anyway, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. Thank you. Uh, Matthew chapter 4, verses 17 through, through uh, 22. And um, let me read through that, and then we'll continue on from there. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So for the next couple weeks, we're going to, well, four weeks, we're going to be studying discipleship. We just got off the boat of evangelism right now, and we're going to then continue on and get back on another one, another boat of discipleship. And they really go hand in hand. Because when you win someone to the Lord, when you, when you are used by God to bring someone to the Lord, and they choose to have Jesus as their Savior and receive Him in that way, uh, then there comes time of discipling that person, helping them see what it is to live the life of Christ, and to, to journey that road, walk that road and make that journey. And so they need someone to come alongside that, aside them uh, during that journey. Because you're the one who told them all about Jesus, and now you should be the one as well, too, to come alongside and help them along the way. I remember that was the same thing for 
for me and, and my friend uh, Greg, and he was one who was able to come alongside me. He didn't just, you know, bring me to Jesus and say, oh, good, okay, you're good, have fun, enjoy, good luck. Uh, he was able to come alongside and uh, help me understand what it meant to be a Christian because it was kind of foreign to me still at that time. So we're going to look at this, and when, when we think about discipleship, it makes sense to look at the calling of the first disciples, which we, we just read in our text here. And when we think about those men, maybe we wonder, what would it have been like to be one of the first disciples? Have you ever thought about that? Be part of the group that's walking around with Jesus and seeing all these amazing things going on, and then Jesus teaching you things that you don't understand quite yet, but you're still following him, and uh, you hope for to figure it out later. It's interesting to think about that. If we had been around back then, would Jesus have called us? Would he have called us? And, well, the truth is, is that Jesus has called us. <laughs> He's called each one of us. We are called to be disciples. So what does it take to be a disciple? Well, if I told you that I saw an animal that was a combination between a sheep, a snake, and a dove... You might think I was a little bit crazy seeing some things. Maybe something was in that cake or ice cream that I had for, birth, for my birthday. Or maybe you're thinking that I'm grabbing some kind of creature out of, the, out of John's experience when he wrote Revelations. Well, what we're going to discover today is that Jesus tells his disciples to look like these animals. I guess you could probably call this combination of an animal as a uh, shiakov. You could, shiakov. And, and that might fit. But in Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, Jesus gave this surprising description of what a disciple looks like. He said to his disciples, I am sending you out, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. A shiaki, shiakov, sorry, shiakov. I can't even get it right. But that is an odd assortment of animals, a sheep, a snake, and a dove. Um, why would Jesus tell his disciples that they were to be like these, these animals? That's what we're going to be looking at, and we're going to try to figure out here today. So the sheep. We're supposed to be like sheep. Now, you can probably guess uh, what that is all about, but what do sheep do? They follow. They follow. Whether it's another sheep or a person, sheep tend to follow someone. And even children understand that. You think of the old nursery rhyme, Mary had a little lamb. What did that lamb do? He followed her to, to school one day. But Jesus did more than, than compare us to sheep. He said, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. And when sheep smell a wolf nearby, they do two things. They bunch up close to each other, and they stick close by the shepherd. Either that, or they end up as a midnight snack for the wolves. But that is what the first disciples of Jesus did. They stayed close to the shepherd, and they followed him day and night, 24-7. They went everywhere Jesus went. And they not only learned uh, his teachings, they watched his life, they saw him the best of times and also the worst of times as well. And they saw him when he was rested. They saw him when he was weary. 
They saw him when he was happy and when he was sad. They were Jesus' disciples because they followed him daily. I remember as a youth pastor at Labish Center, uh, I had uh, Mark Perkey, uh, he was the senior pastor. His mother's here, by the way, and she's here with our church family now. But uh, he was a mentor of mine, as I've mentioned before. And so when I was there as a youth pastor, I was just new in all of this. I had just come from teaching math and Bible to grade school students and, and PE to all this, the kids and, and, and all this. It was a combination of a lot of different things I was doing. I graduated from George Fox with a math teaching major. I was supposed to teach junior hires math and maybe computers alongside too. <clears throat> but uh, here then God takes me out of that and says, you're going to be a youth pastor. <laughs> it's like, okay, great. And so I didn't know much about that. I didn't have any, you know, any seminary background or like that. <clears throat> so I had just had to watch Mark Perkey, what he was going to be doing, and how he dealt with things in, in ministry. And he brought me along. He just kind of showed me the way. I, I spent time with him. We had our meetings weekly. And uh, we talk about the Sunday before and how that went and what's coming up in the week. Maybe what should be going on in youth ministry. Uh, but then also, too, he mentored me more so in the spiritual aspect of things as well, too. And, and not, in, not only by, by words, but by action. And what should be done, how a husband should, should lead his family uh, and, and uh, love his wife. Um, a father who should care for his children as well, too. And so all those things, just spending time with him, spending time with him, what it was about. And especially in the ministry, what, what you see a lot here these days uh, as a senior pastor, is I've learned from Mark Perkey, and uh, he was a mentor of mine, and, and I appreciate him so very much. But that's what the disciples did. They were with Jesus all the time. They learned from him. They, they, they followed his lead in a lot of different things. Are you following Jesus? Does he direct your life every day? Do you learn something more about him every day? And I trust you do. But are you daily learning the Jesus way? Because there's our way, of course. We kind of tend to go that direction. And there's Jesus' way. Are you learning his way through especially these days of anxiety and chaos and trouble? all around us. In other words, do you look like a sheep? Are you following Jesus? That is the only way to look like a disciple of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. And then he added this, therefore, be, be as shrewd as snakes. Now, why would Jesus want a disciple to be like a snake? <laughs> I mean, some of you are going, ew, no. No, I'm, I don't want to be that. That's icky. But we're used, we're used to thinking of the serpent as a symbol of, uh, of Satan. This makes more sense, though, if you remember Jesus said, we are sheep among wolves. When was the last time you heard of a wolf successfully attacking a snake? I mean, they, if you think about it, a snake knows when it's time to strike and also, too, when to keep a low profile, so to speak. <laughs> um, and, and so... 
as you, I was surprised when we were doing some weeding and stuff like that, and we didn't find some out there in the, in the grass here at the church at all, any snakes and stuff like that going on. We were at a cross-country meet yesterday at McIver Park, tons of people out there. And uh, I was surprised as we were running back and forth through the different areas and among trees that I didn't come across the snakes slithering around somewhere. But the thing is, you don't normally see them because they stay low. But then when you see them, they see you and they don't want you near them, then they, 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 they let you know. <laughs> and especially the ones with the rattle at the end and they give you a warning and they know when to strike. Snakes know when to strike. They know when to keep a, a low profile. The problem is that a young, immature, naive Christian will try to strike in the wrong way and say the wrong thing at the wrong time. They're like Peter, going off and trying to do all these different things and, and do something for Jesus. And it's not yet, Peter, not yet. You know, Wash my whole body, Jesus. No, 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 you don't need to be washed. He just went ahead of Jesus a lot, of course, before Pentecost. And sometimes a, a naive, young, immature type of Christian will do the same, same things. A naive Christian doesn't understand that Christian values are unpopular popular with some people. Maybe the first, you remember the first time you, you received Christ as your Savior, you were pretty excited. You're, you're like, everybody needs to know about this. Why don't they know about this? How and and you, you think, it's, it's simple, come on. And, uh, but there's some people, it's just not, it's not their thing. They say, yeah. oh, that's good for you. For me, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. A naive Christian may not know that certain people in our society are dead set against Jesus Christ and everything he stands for. They just don't get it, don't understand. And many Christians start out naive. We all do. We're, we're fresh, new, immature, and then we continue as we walk with Jesus, mature in our Christian walk. But we think, we start out thinking that everyone who hears the truth will accept it like we did. It's pretty simple. Come on. <laughs> why, why don't you accept it? But it takes a, a few bad experiences for most of us to learn to be a little shrewder. <laughs> we need to be a little more shrewd in, in, in situations. I remember <laughs> one of my first lessons, and uh, I was the youth pastor probably for about three, maybe three or four years. And... Um, there was this uh, guy who called me up, and I think I mentioned this story, some of you know it, but the guy called me up and said that, uh, a gentleman said he was a professor over at Chemeketa uh, Community College, and uh, he, he needed to get some help because his wife was very sick. She needed medication, and um, um, he cited different things about Chemeketa Community College and what, what uh, um, area he was teaching in and all that, and and wondered if I could meet him over at the college and uh, and be able to help him out. And I I said, well, it sounds like I can I can come over and meet you if you know, we can talk. And so uh, he he actually really wanted wanted prayer for his uh, his wife. So I went over to the college, <clears throat> met him there. He came on up and he sat at the table and we were talking and and he was sharing about his wife how sick she was and. Um, awful situation and he couldn't afford the medication that was needed so he was trying to figure some things out but he just he needed prayer not only for his wife but also for the situation so I, I, I listened to him and I said well let me pray with you and so I prayed and when we were done then then he said well I, I know this is kind of weird and I don't know you uh, very well but would you be willing to help out with this at all in any way financially I said oh well 
I suppose so. I, I, I can do something. And so, okay, well, there's an ATM over here if you want to go ahead and, and uh, help me out. And I said, okay. And uh, went on over, he's a nice dressed man, and uh, went on over and we got to the ATM and gave him uh, some money. And, uh, and he said, oh, this is going to, thank you so much. Thank you. So I'm going to get paid. The, the, the college is going to pay me by the end of the month, but it was just, it was running short. This will go, this will help to go forward with these things. So thank you so much. And he said, um, when can I meet you to pay you back uh, for this uh, or, and where? And I said, well, we can meet here again. He said, okay, let's do that. And, uh, and so he uh, gave me, uh, I think, a, a number or an address of his home because he wanted to make sure that it was legit for me. And I said, okay, great. And so uh, we were supposed to meet. Uh, this the, the, wasn't really the next day, but uh, a few days. And I uh, we went over to the college, and uh, time went by, and he didn't uh, show up on time. And then time continued to go on, and he never showed up. I was like, hmm. And so I went over to the address where he stated he lived, and it was like a block away from the community college, and uh, it wasn't his address. <laughs> he was gone. And I thought, hmm, okay, that's interesting. And in fact, I guess he had been doing that throughout Salem and up and down I-5 corridor. He was uh, scamming churches, basically, calling up churches, and I was the least of the scam, apparently. There are some churches that gave him $1,500, uh, $2,000. It was crazy. And he ended up on the news, a portrait, a, a, a drawing of his, his picture, and people were looking for him. And I think it was Channel 2 News or Channel 6 News came out to me and wanted to interview me. And I was like, I'm a dummy, I know. <laughs> so, but we talked about uh, what went on and all that. So it was crazy. But the thing is, I was naive thinking, oh, yeah, you'll pay me back. I understand that. That's fine, and it didn't happen. Stuff like that goes on, and when that happens, then we as Christians go, okay, I'm going to be a little wiser for things about that, and we don't become so naive at times. Since that time, I've learned to be a bit more shrewd, although my desire to help people and give them the benefit of the doubt just gets in the way. It still does today. I just... I. I give the benefit of the doubt to people. I'm continually seeking that right balance, though, and do that. But that experience prepared me to expect that there will be some wolves out there. And uh, one person that helped me quite a bit, Phyllis is here, her husband, Dale Oviatt, was a person who was able to come alongside me when I first got here, and he wanted to point out the different people that Dave Kokendorf would go visit that weren't really part of the church, but he'd go out and help. He said, these people might be calling you, might want to want some help from you, and it might not just be your time, it might be your finances. And he said, let me help you with that. <laughs> not, not help you pay, but let me help you discern this. <laughs> and so he was the kind of person, though, that, that, could, that could smell a fraud pretty quickly, and uh, he helped me quite a bit. He was a good teacher of being shrewd in a lot of different areas like that, but he would often accompany me when I went to help somebody in need. <laughs> He'd say, let me go along with you, Jim. <laughs> so, okay, thank you. <laughs> But Jesus was not naive. He knew the unbelieving world would be out to get him. Listen to the strong warning that Jesus gave his first disciples in Matthew chapter 10, verses 17 through 22. Matthew 10. Be on, on your guard against men. They will hand you over to the local councils and flog you in their synagogues. 
On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to, and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. All men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And things are not really much different in our times. Uh, think about what Jesus would be up against if he lived in our day in the United States. Uh, the, the FDA would want him uh, for turning water into wine, <laughs> not to mention feeding 5,000 people uh, uh, without a permit. The AMA would cite him for practicing medicine without a license. Uh, he'd be wanted by the EPA for killing fig trees. Maybe it is uh, the fact that uh, you don't feel as innocent as a dove and you need to live more like Jesus. If the Holy Spirit's tapping you on the shoulder about any of these things, you need to respond in some way, and usually the response is through prayer. <laughs> the response is praying and, and asking God, work in me, help me, help me be a sheep, help me be a dove, help me be a snake, be able to learn and grow in Christ. If any of that is uh, ringing true to you or you feel the need to come and pray, you sure can. The altar is open. Those of you who are online can join in and praying as well. Um, but also, too, in these songs that we're singing, if you just need to pray, go ahead, go ahead and do that. Join us in singing if you need as well. Or just sit there and just listen. Whatever it is, uh, just let the Holy Spirit just kind of minister to you right now. And the words uh, that have been spoken up today just kind of resonate in your heart, in your, in your mind right now. And, and remember... To have the heart to obey what God has for you today.